everybody and welcome back to the Bread and Butter Podcast, the EDH Podcast where we talk about the bread and butter of all things Commander. I am Spencer Williams, joined as always by my two awesome co-hosts, Tyler. Hey, how's it going? And Chandler. Hello. <laughs> this week we are going to be talking about the all herbs and no spice, some of our perspectives and... um kind of trends we've picked up on um, with things relating to green in Commander. So uh, kind of recently I've noticed uh, for myself personally, I've been kind of falling into, I guess, some of the, I don't want to, I don't want <laughs> to start too hot, but like yeah. some of the uh, reliable and easy things that green has to offer mm -hmm. in my deck building. Um, so I wouldn't call myself very much a green player. I think if I had to pick a color, I would be uh, probably black as personal. Uh, what about you guys? Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, it probably, when I first started, it was probably blue, but I, I think I am more green, but I, I mean, I brought up this topic because it literally you just look every set and you're just like, look at these green cards that they're coming out with. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we'll, we'll dive deeper into it, but yeah, even as someone who likes green, because I like consistency value, uh, I like my deck to be able to provide resources that I can actually f pull off a strategy it's still, it's still, I mean, we'll get into it, but it's, it's wild. Yeah. For me, I was more of a, I'm more of a red player, red, blue. Um, I like green, but it's not like, I'm not going to play mono green stuff. Um, more of like a green, blue or green, black. But. Yeah. I would call myself, I, I would go mainly off of being a black player as that's, that is the only mono colored deck. Like the, with yeah. the selection of mono colored, mono black commanders, I could see myself building. Yeah. Even I don't. I just. Yeah. The, if it, uh, if it's framed that way, I don't. I don't know if I'm necessarily green then, because I don't. There's not many green commanders. I'm like, ooh, I really want to build this. Yeah. That's, yeah. And we were talking a little bit about like green seems to be like. It works better with other colors, a lot of stuff, but. Um, yeah, you like you. I might would call you more of like a blue red player, Tyler, because because yeah, I mean you had that like that Cranko Goblin deck, um, and then you have some Spellslingy decks in that blue. Yeah, I I mean if if I had to pick colors that I enjoy the most, it's probably Grixis. Like I, Grixis commanders are probably the most fun, mm -hmm. and I have three. Warms my heart. Grixis, they're just <laughs> they just have the most unique mm -hmm. and most fun. <laughs> Uh, abilities to play with, but the issue is like when I'm building. I remember I had a Tesla Karlov deck, and I just added green to it and made it gave, and it played way better mm -hmm. because adding green provided this level of structure and ramp mm -hmm. that playing Orzov couldn't. And right. I started doing that with a lot of my two color decks. I would just be like, "What would happen if I just added green to this?" And it by far made the deck run way more smoothly. It made the deck run more efficiently, and I like 
I had more fun because I felt like I was playing the deck strategy more consistently. Yeah. Right. Like they like the the colors had their de- definitive path of like their strengths and then their weaknesses and you have to either build around those or make up for them in other ways mm-hmm. by either playing more colors or you know sacrificing and going okay I'm going to have this weakness but I'm really going to capitalize on the strengths of like say like uh like your uh sw- the what we were talking about the other day um Spencer your your flicker deck your um Yannick and Nicaro. Uh, the the black and white one. The Obsidot. Obsidot. Oh, Obsidot, yeah. Where like, yeah, white had a bunch of weaknesses, but I felt like the black helped support that. But it didn't like, I don't know, it couldn't cover all of its bases. Right. There was definitely some weaknesses there. That you, But it's kind of, I think that's the, that was the fun part of building decks when I first started was figuring that stuff out. Um, But yeah, now green seems a little more the answer to a lot of question, uh, problems, I guess. And that is, yeah, that's such a good point. And that's moving us towards our first point. Mm-hmm. But before you get there, I think, I think for me, kind of bouncing off what you said, Tyler, it's like you're almost just rewarded automatically just for mm-hmm. including green in yeah. your commander's identity. And I think, I think it's, it's more compelling to give me a cool Boros commander that sure it has glaring weaknesses. I don't mm-hmm. I don't need a commander to just be like, hey, play me and you're forgiven for any, you know, <laughs> greedy deck building or yeah. play mistakes or anything. I don't want that. I wanna I want to play space that says like I own this property of the game mm-hmm. that I'm trying to, you know, push this strategy. Right. And I'm gonna do it the best I can. Mm-hmm. It just feels like every color combination doesn't, it, it's like falling short in the strategy that it shouldn't. But mm. green just says, hey, I can help you get there if you just find a way to include <laughs> green. That's how it feels for me. Mm. And I 100% agree. I mean, you can watch a lot of games unfold where someone tries to play Boros and then someone's playing a green deck. And I mean, by turn eight, Green deck has an entire board state while Boros's only hope is to draw a board wipe. Yeah, it's like a different power level mm-hmm. just for playing green. And mm-hmm. let me preface that we're not saying people who play green or that green is a bad thing, right? Or that it's unfair. We're just saying that someone needs to start discussing uh, just how wild. Uh, green cards are in comparison and how they are kind of melding into other color uh, mm-hmm. colors abilities. I mean, we, we, we'll we just yeah. sit around and we'll look at a card and we'll be like, why is a white ability being played in green? Like, why yeah. why is this card that's a green card? And it clearly, like, if you, if you put that in white, it would make way more sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's the main, for me, that's the main point of like, so when I'm building decks, I know that blue has a strategy, red has a strategy, white has a strategy. It seems like, yeah, there's been a lot of cards created that do those things in green. But there are there are a lot of uh, green cards that I wish were, were in blue or white. 
Yeah. But they don't exist. And so I think with the danger of doing all these green cards that have these abilities that feel like they should be in these other colors, I hope it doesn't sway to the point of like, now we've got all of the colors doing all of the things and then you're not really, there's not the creativity leaves with that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's an important point is the creativity starts decaying Mm -hmm. to where it's, it's, Everything's going to start assimilating to green. Yeah. And I will say with, I mean, there's so many cards in Magic. They've done an amazing job of, well, we've got, how many, 50,000 cards? I think it's close to like 40 or 50. 40, 40, 50,000 cards. That's a crap ton of cards, right? Mm -hmm. For them to be able to like still have a, a pretty clear like white does this, red does this, after that many cards is amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because... It's so easy to cross that line, I feel like. And I think that's why a lot of games fail mm. is they just start doing all that stuff. But even even though there is that point of like a division between each color, mm-hmm. I feel like green is getting this insane amount of gas while, I mean, I'll just bring up the Great Henge and that block or if you look at that card and every other color's version of that, like the Great Henge is by far the better card. And I mean, it's just it's just so over overwhelming how overtuned and how great that card is. That card is literally free if you play it in the right board state. And it just it just feels like when you have a card like Great Henge, and then you make Garrick's Uprising, and then you make. Uh, Guardian project, and then you make you just keep adding these effects where essentially green becomes its own good stuff uh, enchantress deck where you're just playing stuff, drawing cards, and you're just basically outvaluing your opponent oppo- opponents to the point where like mm-hmm. white can't keep up. If you put a monocolored deck of the best of each color. Green would win probably the most out of all the all the other colors because it just has so much value. Yeah, but I think, um, yeah, I think just needing to watch the that value of the green because of the that creativity of building decks and that like I had it in my head a second ago and then I lost it. Um, like in art. Right, like when you have restrictions on your art, oftentimes you come up with better art because you've had to stick within these guidelines, but it allows you to be more creative because there's a guidelines. And so when you start introducing all these things that these cards that are doing the other abilities, you it's kind of the cheap way out, and all the art starts looking the same. You know what I mean? That's yeah. my that's my my biggest fear, I guess, would be. And it would be that like all the decks start looking the same because everybody's going, well, I got to have this card in there, which means I got to play green. Yeah, it's 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 like a, if you can't beat it, join it. Right. Kind of argument, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, why am I just playing white and blue cards if I could just add green and then, and then have all these effects that I needed for this deck that I didn't know or, yeah. you know, it's just suddenly made the strategy better. Now, and it's hard, it, it's hard, of course, discussing from that kind of direction mm-hmm. because... Not every card is designed for commander. Right. You know, standard mm-hmm. has to be a thing. It's it's a very important like uh, baseline for mm-hmm. the game. Um, 
with new sets coming out and, and they always plan sets like way in advance and things like that. Um, but kind of going to what the green color pie is and I guess I can maybe hark a little more because I've seen it from where it started mm-hmm. um, back in, you know, 2011, 2012. Green's Color Pie didn't have much more than like, I can play you a big creature that's mm-hmm. going to do, you know, it's going to dominate the battlefield when it comes down. Right. It's going to be like, oh, we need to kill that or it's just going to trample or just eat all our creatures mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that where... Yeah. Green didn't have didn't have all this like utility. Yeah, yeah. all this utility, yeah. all this backup, all this protection, all this mm-hmm. draw, all like just everything to push all the resources that Green already naturally has with mm-hmm. ramp and you know creature making right. and uh, you get premium rate, low costed creatures yeah. that you can ramp into. So it's like mm-hmm. Green just kind of had more of a straightforward path. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, in the big boys, when the yeah. when the modern color pie is expanding with new sets and you know new mm-hmm. themes that they're trying to bring to the game, I feel like green has started to. And I, I know there's a necessary expansion that needs to happen, but I feel like mm-hmm. green has started to bleed too far into like things that white should have already had, right? Or things that maybe black should be doing instead of the mm-hmm. green effect, mm-hmm. or blue. I mean. One thing I think about is like Toski and Oren uh, Frostfang. Mm-hmm. Like you're putting you're putting this Biden Athasa coastal piracy effect on a green creature, where green already has so many different draw effects from ETB and ways to tutor those creatures. Yep, and it's just to me to me it just seems like you could have easily have put those into the blue color pie, and it would have made it more compelling because that's. That's really where those effects were lying prior. It feels like it belongs to blue. Yeah. Mm. But then you just tack it on. Yeah. And I mean, Orin Frost thing's wild. It's a Boa Nylea and a Bionathos on a creature. Yeah. For yeah. five mana and a two six body. Yeah. And I mean, in green, you're, you're not going to have any trouble getting to five mana. Right. And I, and I think mm-hmm. that's, that's where green lies. Is it's like you're trying to outramp your opponents. But like if you're playing a Galta deck, and you're a problem, and someone tries to answer you, then you just cast Heroic Intervention, you're like, why is this mono green deck able to withstand better than my white deck right now? Yeah. And then, oh, instead of that, it's Return to the Wild, or Return to the Wild Speaker. They just draw 10 cards. Rich cards expertise. Yeah, but that's a, the reason I think Return to the Wild Speaker is a bigger problem is it's instant speed. Instant speed, Which yeah. instant speed on that card is just nuts. That's not, I don't know. I mean, I have it in decks. So I'm not going to act like I don't play it. Right. Because it's, it's a great <laughs> card. And I think it's a great, I think it's relatively costed well. I mean, yeah, not everyone's playing Galta on turn five. But, sure. But again, it's like you're providing, uh, you're providing so many different ways for green to interact with the board where they're supposed to plop their value down with their ramp. And now they just have that plus the answers that they can just hold back. And I guess, yeah, on those points, it's we want to make sure to outline that we're not saying like, this is what we think green needs to be fixed with or like right. green is unfair because X. We're just saying like, with, with these trends, 
that green has constantly been pushing into, like Mm -hmm. maybe give the other colors something more than what they're getting now. Yeah. And it's, I mean, sure, there are egregious offenders in every color for every effect. Like we Mm -hmm. can point out things all day, but we basically just want to see like positive directional shifts for the whole game, Mm -hmm. right? And I guess it's, sometimes it's easy to feel drab and sad about it, but this is kind of what we, we just wanted to outline that we're not saying that we think green is yeah. bad for the game or unfair. It's not a, so. a complaint streak. Right. Even though it may sound that way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm not trying to Karen up green, but <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah, let me speak to your Maro manager. Yeah. <laughs> let me speak to your commander. Yeah. Can I see your green representative, please? Yeah. Um, I, you know, it just, it's just one thing that needs to be brought up. And I feel like just in the light is that, is that every color needs to have that that heavy spice that I see green constantly getting every patch, like every patch, like we're playing a game, uh, <laughs> every set. And you're, I mean, just even this last set in Innistrad, Unnatural Growth is a wild card. What card is better than that in the other color pies? I mean, you look at Vanquish the Horde, but Vanquish the Horde doesn't get rid of that. And green can easily bounce back from a board wipe and then their creatures are still being doubled in power. It just, those kind of cards you just look at and you're just like, yeah, you add that to a green deck and it just makes the deck work yeah. way faster. Uh, well, and, and like from natural growth, that feels like a red spell to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in double in the power day, is all red. Yeah, back in the day, has been. Furnace of Wrath, uh, uh, is it Angress Marauders? Or is yeah, that, yeah. Angress Marauders, Dictator of the Twin Gods. But that's more damage, like power and toughness being doubled. I mean, you got you got uh, that yeah. Colossus that every diamond enchantment it doubles its power. Yeah, it's yeah. just well, you also have like gratuitous violence, which was the old effect that just basically says all your creatures do double damage. Yeah, that's very red, right? Mm-hmm. I think. I think. It, it kind of bleeds into that idea, and I mean, it, I mean, it does effectively the same thing anyway, or even, even more if you think about it, because it literally changes the power and toughness of the creature. So the creature's harder to deal with. It's not just dealing double damage where you could trade right a creature with it. No, it's literally double the power and toughness every combat. Yep. It's not even your combat; it's every combat lets you draw you, more cards off of your. Return of the Wild Speaker. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's just, there's so many, there's just so many things that you just look at those cards. And I mean, we'll go into our group text and we're just like, look here, at this. Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> we are looking for this green spice that's going to come in. Or sorry, green herbs. All right. No spice. And it just, I don't know. I just feel like there's got to be, I think, I think Wizards could take a break from giving green more of that level of card and start sharing that love with other colors, especially white. I mean, white hasn't seen anything in a while. If you give it to blue, it's probably going to get banned just like whole preacher. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. And and that's, that's a good uh, transition to our next point is um, green kind of has, I don't want to say a complete monopoly because there are plenty of cases and examples of good cards that can be run, but green kind of almost has a, very good hold on premium artifact and enchantment removal. Hmm. To me, 
it and especially I mean with Disenchant being kind of the first version of Destroy Target Artifact or Enchantment for two mana, perfect rate on an instant speed spell, right? Green has almost gotten more, well, it has several redundant copies of Disenchant and upgraded versions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And effects that are tied to creatures like Reclamation Sage or the newly printed uh, Druid of Purification. It's like, yeah, this is a good effect, but why isn't it white? It feels like, why isn't this somewhere else? Mm -hmm. Why does green need this when it's already doing so many great other things? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's crazy. And I mean, a good example is Force of Vigor. It is essentially a free uber version of Disenchant. And yeah. that, that could have easily been tossed into white. Yep. And it would make way more sense. But, you know, we can't go back... And it's just, it, you just keep thinking, you're like, man, this could be this and this could be that. I mean, Hole Breacher, when we were talking about it, I mean, that could easily be, I mean, as soon as Smothering Tithe came out, how is Hole Breacher not thought of as a white or even black? Because, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I get it, Notion Thief right, is kind of where it could be argued that it's a blue card. But, I mean, you just, you got to find ways to support the colors that kind of just don't have as much. And I feel like green just constantly keeps adding more to its portfolio while other colors are starving. Yeah. It's like, we'll never see like a green fireball and that's good, right? Like we'll never see like, don't say ever. (laughs) (laughs) We'll never see blasphemous acting green. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But all they have to do is print something like target creature you control fights each creature you don't control. And it's basically a blasphemous act. And gains mm-hmm. indestructible until end of turn. Yeah, like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, there's mm-hmm. there's the, yeah. the thing that, like, Lightning Bolt isn't akin to, like, Counterspell. But you know that you're never going to have a blue damage spell. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm... And it's slippery slope here. I don't want to like right. again go downhill. <laughs> but I'm I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised at this point to see something like target creature you control fights mm-hmm. to each creature you don't. Right? Yeah. Like that's it's not far from reality at this point. It feels. Yeah. But I guess I guess what we're trying to like hark on there is like. There, there should be a clear definition, right? We want to, we want to feel like green isn't just oh, I have to play it because I can get X, right? Yeah. And I mean, I feel like even Wizards alluded to it with like when Beast Within was a card, and then they made Generous Gift, like right. Sorry, like, guys. <laughs> like <laughs> they're like, hey, oopsie. Like yeah, it's clearly a white effect. And and to their defense, back in the day, that was supposed to be kind of like a color bend set of New Phyrexia, mm-hmm. where like white was doing like evil stuff, like exiling creatures and you know forcing your opponents to lose life instead of gain life and stuff like that. Um, but it feels like way too much of a color bend. Like it feels like color break, right? Yeah, Beast Within. Yeah, um, and I mean that's one card, so it's like sure. And it's nice to have that in 
it's nice to have at least one card in each set. Like, I mean, a reality shift mm-hmm. in blue is super nice because yeah. you just you don't really have that effect, that ability. If you wanted to play a mono blue deck and still have that answer, being able to exile something that might be impossible to get rid of otherwise is super nice. But then they just made another one, not that long ago, where you exile a cre- creature. Uh, Raven form. Is that what it is? I think Raven form is uh, exile a creature or artifact. They get a. Four four raven, or four four bird, or something. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's one of those things where you just keep dipping too far. You can easily get a little ahead of yourself. Yeah. Like it's okay for heroic intervention to exist, but if we see two or three more copies of it, then you're just providing this color that has the ability to get insane board states. So much protection. I mean, it's it's insane how many times I've pulled off in a heroic intervention and people are just like, oh my gosh. That's the game. That's how it well, feels. Yeah, because right. that card is nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that, that harks back to the rate of investment of like heroic intervention feels like a white effect, right? Like you have, we have plenty of those. We have like rootborn defenses, um, breakable formation, flawless maneuver, which is the free one. Um, if you control your commander, like that's great having all those redundancies in white, mm-hmm. but heroic intervention is the best version of that because you get hexproof and indestructible to all your permanents for two mana instead of three. And yeah. it, it feels like, <laughs> shouldn't that just be white? Like mm-hmm. that's how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're also like, it's all permanents. Which is just gnarly. Mm-hmm. I think something that would help help it not seem as drastic is maybe if the cost of these cards we're talking about were significantly higher, mm-hmm. like two to three, maybe even four mana higher than they are. Because, like, we go back to the what's the core slice of pie that was of green? What they're intended to do is ramp into big creatures. So you know you're gonna if you're playing green, your your goal is to get a bunch of mana out there so kind of counteract that value with hey it's going to cost more but you're playing green so you should be having an advantage land advantage you know what I mean right it might even it out a little bit make it not feel quite as like this card's broken not that we're saying it's like needs to be banned or anything but just that like counteract that value with like okay there's a sacrifice you gotta pay for it Right. Yeah, and it's but like I mean I just I just think about like you hold up three mana, someone tries to wipe board, you play heroic intervention, someone tries to counter it, and then you play Veil Summer, and you're just like, why is Mono Green allowed to do this? Yeah, when it shouldn't be Mono Green's thing. Then they draw, and then they get hexproof, and then they get hexproof and indestructible, and you're just like, I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I thought we were playing normal magic, right? Where green was just like I play big creatures, swing it at you, and you're gonna die, right? But not anymore. There's like so many different little tool, little tools on the tool belt for green. While you got memory lapse is probably the best counter in white. Black has one lapse of certainty. Yeah, lapse of certainty. That's what's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can play mana tithe. Hopefully, they don't have an extra mana <laughs> oh, gosh. just floating around. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I I think uh, that moves us into another good point here is, um, as you said, with 
green green effects that kind of uh, almost feels like there's no there's no risk in you running it, right? There's mm-hmm. like no downside to me just putting heroic intervention in my deck because as we've already pointed out with a, a lot of examples, there's plenty of green permanents that people just want to get rid of before they start losing the game very quickly, right? Like you have a way to un- protect your unnatural growth. Then you also in green have a way to recur it with, you know, just simple regrowth effects. And then you have a way to tutor it. And then you have a way to uh, like establish leverage off of it with like big creatures. It's like there's no, it, it feels like there's no way you could have made a mistake or there's no reason just playing this simple line of several cards that you just drew like shouldn't push you farther into the game, right? It feels like it's almost you just turned on easy mode, drew cards, tapped lands, and started mm-hmm. winning. Um, yeah, yeah, and I mean another card with with great henge. Like, yeah, it's it's nine mana, but in most green decks, you can make that easily a free card with the fact of it being two mana if you have a seven cost or seven power creature, and then it's free because you get two mana off of it, and you, you basically netted. To get to life to play this card, and then it it gains you card draw and plus one plus one counters on your creatures. It's just it's absurd. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. But like what I was saying, like with the cost effect, if this if Great Hinge didn't have that, this spell cost X less. If it didn't have that line, and it was just the tap and add two, and the the other effect of the plus one counters, I think that would be much more. It wouldn't be as like I'm freaking out about it. You know what I mean? I'd yeah. Be like, okay, you plopped it down there. That's a big mana. But having a cost reduction on that that's already so good is what makes it feel so. It pushed it over the uneven. top. Yeah. Well, I'm like, <sighs> I think it would be yeah. fine if the the cost reduction was like it's two less to cast if you have a creature of four or greater. Or maybe it said one less to cast for each creature you control. But even then, that's wild. Maybe. Yeah, there's, sure. There's so many cards that already you can do play that, with that an really... elf ball deck. But that's coming out. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Turn four. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. And even maybe even less, depending on what you have. But like, I'm just, just saying, I would just take it out, out completely. Like, don't even have cost reduction. Make it cost a bunch because yeah. your green's already doing that. Well, same thing for most of these spells that are. It came in. A, it came in a block where the artifacts that were the similar, they all had that same like if something if cost, X yeah. is less. So they should have made it like two less to cast if you have a creature of four or greater. Then it's a five man enchantment, mm-hmm. and then you're you're more in the realms of uh, what's that card that doubles mana? And then you cat draw a card when you cast a creature. I used it all the time. Zendikar Resurgent. Yeah. Mm. Then it's in that realm mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, it's providing you card draw. It's it's a nice two mana. Uh, artifact that gives you life, but at that point, it's always going to be five mana at least to cast, which is right. which to me is way more fair than oh, I just paid two mana, which I get back right away once I play this card, and then just instantly reap the benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think like adding cost. This card would the great hand would kind of be a false positive. But like your mana curve in green, I feel like should look like a ramp upwards. Mm-hmm. 
but where where no other color does that. But that's kind of the point of green. Yeah. So this kind of stuff kind of makes that a false positive of like, okay, it's a seven, eight, it's a nine mana cost spell, but it's not really nine. Exactly. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of cost reductions in green. So yeah, I mean, and you got, got Galta. a bunch of tap yeah. stuff. So that's why I think like I'd be okay with this being like a just say twelve costed. or thirteen cost card or just not cost reduction. Sure. Yeah. You know. And all these other, a lot of these other cards that we've been talking about of just like, yeah, throw extra mana on there, extra cost because you're getting rewarded for, like, you're almost getting like a cheat code of like, <laughs> well, I'm already doing that cost reduction thing. <laughs> right. Well, here, yeah. <laughs> let's give you some more cost reduction or like, let's give you that easier. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, if Green's wanting to do that already, just let it be higher cost. Like, for red, there's a lot of great big red creatures, but there's not a whole lot of ramp in red. So you got to work to get there. Yeah. You got to work way harder. Way harder. And this is just like, eh, we're going to give it to you. Yeah. And it's almost like, it just kind of building off that point, it's almost like if they print, imagine they printed a, a green enchantment that said like, every time you... Uh, search your library for a land, search for an additional land. It's like, who asked for that? <laughs> when was green like, yeah. I wasn't searching for enough lands. lands. Yeah. I needed some more. Man, I only got yeah. 19 cultivates in my deck. <laughs> yeah. I only have 13 like printed copies of rampant growth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I need at least four right. more copies of Azusa. <laughs> I need Azusa to say, you can have as many of these in your deck as you want. Right. Like... <laughs> You're getting redundant effects that mm-hmm. are great. It's great. I'm not saying none of those effects deserve a place in the game. Right. But when you have like so many of them and they're just getting better, just getting more efficient, mm-hmm. it's like hold the phone yeah. <laughs> or give something else a little bit of com- competitive edge against that, right? Yeah. And that's where I would, that's why I, like we were talking earlier about like, being creative in building and like the I think the solution is either going to be well we have to dial back this green craziness like the the advantage that we're giving green or it's we're going to give the same type of advantage to the rest of the colors my worry would be that like you give that advantage to the rest of the colors you lose all of your creativity and everything the power dynamic gets uneven because if every color can do everything, why would I pe- play a, a certain color over the other one? I'm just going to start playing those good cards in every color. You know, like it doesn't. Yeah. It's not. It's less fun. I mean, yeah. it's going to be fun for some people, but yeah. like, <laughs> right? For me, it'd be less fun to like build something because there's there's not those restrictions, and you lose the creative point. expression. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think there needs to be a better assessment of how to even the playing field in a creative way. So mm-hmm. with with red, I think they've done a good job with finding those exile this card, play it for the turn. Impulse draw. Yeah, mm-hmm. you need to you need to make sure that for every guardian project, there's a when a creature ETBs or some effect in red impulse, you can play that until end of turn. Or mm-hmm. make it more rewarding to play these other colors so people mm-hmm. that want to play these colors don't feel so screwed over and like 
feel so hopeless that they're like, all right, are we all playing Boros or do I have to play my other deck that I added green to it? So right. yeah, yeah. Or or some form of <clears throat> I have to play a board wipe or else he's just gonna run away with the oh, he played a heroic intervention. All right. I guess we'll play next game. <laughs> and it's just it's just one of those things that like even in my Marchesa deck, like last night I played and I had I had that insane board state where I'm looping Solemn over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I have to jump through four different hoops while Green is just doing that naturally, mm-hmm. and that's that's. I think that's. I think that's where I just kind of eye rolled now when I see really good green cards, because none of them are really that inspiring. They're all they're all doing the same thing, and I just feel like Green couldn't be a more unique color. And I think every other color needs a way to punish Green better. And I mean, like, mm-hmm. opposition agent, even though people hate that card, is one way to really punish green. It's a necessary she, card. Yeah, and I think eyes. I think those effects, I think white needs more effects that, uh, I mean, they're doing a better job with, like, Keeper of the Accord. And uh, what's the that uh, that great one? The uh, the map? Oh, I forgot the name of it. Yeah, it's the artifact. Mm-hmm. Archaeomancer. Uh, Archaeomancer's map, yep. Yep. That card's <laughs> super great. I really, I don't think it would take much. I think red and like you're saying, I think red and white would probably be the ones where I'd be like, "Hey, give red and white a little bit of help," mm-hmm. and then now we're going to be kind of even. Those are by far the two colors that probably struggle the most, and that's why people don't play Boros is because mm-hmm. those colors together don't bring enough value to combat. Yeah, well, there's not a whole lot that you. Well, there's stuff out there, but like when I was building the the Calamity deck out more, I struggled a lot with finding answers. That were valid to play in there, right? I mean, they're out there, but like it's not cost effective, or you know, it's it's more of a struggle to to put that in there. So it's whereas in a green, there's anything and everything you want at any mana cost, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, I think also Columny just doesn't like giants. Just don't have enough love. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah, there's giants and angels, I think mm-hmm. was the big archetype. Yeah. Trying to play that, that in Boros is just rough because yeah. you either got to stack 47 artifacts in there and just hope. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean. It was like, there's so much that can just wipe that stuff out. There's not a whole lot mm-hmm. that I want to add to those decks to add protection. There's a few things, but like, it's not a lot of recursion. Right. So when interaction is so cheap compared mm-hmm. comparative to compared what you're to like playing, what I'm doing yeah. costs a butt ton of mana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then oh, you just counterspelled me for two, or swords to plush, or swords to yeah. yeah, that it's or just like, like it feels bad. Yeah, so. it's like it's like if you're playing against a Paul deck, and you're playing with a green deck, and a Boros deck. The green deck is going to have a far better experience because they have ways to really bounce back. Like we said, we're with Return of the Wild Speaker or Greater Good. Just these these different effects that you can like be like, oh, you're gonna wipe my board or destroy my creature. Okay, in response, mm-hmm. I'm gonna sack it. I'm gonna momentous fall. I'm gonna whatever. Get all this value. Yeah, I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna basically gain my value from this creature. And then they have so many effects where if you just play a creature card, you get another card back in your hand. Mm-hmm. You're card neutral. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose the card, but at least you gain something back from it. Right. And that's and that's just 
it's just an insane amount of value. And then if you have four of those effects out, like I said, you're playing Enchantress deck, but you're playing Galta, <laughs> and you're you're drawing five cards, gaining three life, and whatever. Making a 12-12 beater at, at the same time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you play friggin' Finale of Devastation, and you can find whatever you need and get the Crater Hoof effect, and you can find it in your graveyard, or you can find it <laughs> yeah. in your deck. You can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. It's like... Wow, there's no risk, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that yeah. card. That card is just nuts. Yeah, and it's so easy to hit that like that peak mana where it's like, oh, you want to find a crater hoof? Well, it only took you six turns because you played four cultivates last turn. Yeah, you hit terminal velocity way faster <laughs> than anyone could have anticipated. Yep. Yeah. Um. So that that kind of brings me good to our next point, which is green. Um, green kind of has the how do I say this? The premium way to ensure your resources are safe, right? Because of the social mm-hmm. contract, people aren't playing Armageddon and trying to destroy all lands, right? In my eyes, that is a valid way to like counteract ramp, right? But no one's doing that. And I don't, honestly, I don't want to do that because it's not fun. You know what I mean? Like we all know that people aren't playing the land mass land destruction because it's not fun, right? And, People aren't going to want to play with you again. But if green has this way of saying, hey, I can play the game in a way that's safer, more efficient, faster, and just overall better, like there's no downside for me doing this. Why isn't every, like everybody else is basically just going to be like, oh yeah, you're right. We should too. You know what I mean? So just right. add green to your deck and start benefiting. Yeah. And I feel like, but... The devil's advocate would be like, yeah, we'll just play land destruction or just deal with the ramp. And it's like, yeah, but I don't want to be a butthole to everybody at the table. <laughs> yeah. And then because that just puts a target on my back. It's like, oh, well, he's out here destroying lands. Well, we got to deal with him now. Exactly. And it's like, well, now you've just given them the time to ramp back up. And it sure. doesn't really like give anybody advantage. And it's kind of like, well, I shouldn't have to build my deck around destroying ramp and lands just to play the game. Right. That seems like a silly balance. Right. It's kind of like, maybe this is a bad example, but it's kind of like, oh man, I wish produce was cheaper. And somebody was like, why don't you just be a farmer? Right. It's like, (laughs) well, (laughs) I don't want to farm. Like, yeah, it's that same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, why can't we just make produce cheaper in a way? That's not a realistic example, but... Yeah. I'll say that for the most part, when I look at my decks, like my ramp package is very like simple. It's never... I'm never going to over ramp to a billion with green cards. It's mainly just... uh, I don't really like playing Soul Ring and other cards. I like cards that just provide me just enough to stay ahead and then I'll just hit that one land drop per turn. Like I'll play my three visits, my cultivate, my Kodama's reach, and then maybe one or two others just to make sure that I might draw one during the game. But I never really see myself like over ramping or ramping too quickly. And I think one game where you're playing Queen Marchesa, you played Ankh of Mishra. Ankh of Mishra, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, I mean, it took me down to, uh, I was playing dragons 
like fifteen life in yeah. three turns. Because I mean, in that dragon deck, I have to I have to ramp pretty insane, and I got a little salty because <laughs> I was like, "Geez, dude, I'm taking so much damage." But I think those cards actually should see more play. Because mm-hmm. I I mean, man, when you when you have someone that's over ramping, the best way to deal with it is make them. F- pay for what they're doing. You mm-hmm. don't necessarily have to destroy all lands to make that point. Right. I think there just needs to be better better hate towards ramp effects. Mm-hmm. I think uh, white would be great for this. I, I think so too. I would even love to see like some creatures or artifacts or enchantments to say that provide white this like whenever an opponent searches for a land you do too. If they don't pay two, you search for a land two and put it on the battlefield tapped. Yeah. Mm. That way, it provides white uh, that kind of taxing ramp effect or like check where it's like, you're ramping? Are you paying two? And then you don't have to just make a freaking treasure and stack up treasures. It's like, it's a very specific because you know the green player is going to ramp. And if you can put that out, turn one, two, or whatever it would be. That's a solid effect that you can put in white that I don't think it puts white in a crazy position, but Mm -hmm. it helps you keep up with the ramp, plus makes them think otherwise. Yeah. Makes them have to think twice about just doing what they were going to do. Yeah. And that's good. I like that. And here's a good uh, card example of that kind of thing that I'm surprised... Well, one, I don't play a lot of blue, but I'm surprised I haven't seen a lot more play of it. It is Confounding Conundrum. It is one in a blue for an enchantment. It says, when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. When a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if that player had another land enter the battlefield under their control this turn, they return a land they control to their hand. And for me, I'm like, wow, that's that's like a very strong effect, right? To kind of police how fast we're going to play the ramp game, right? Yeah, I can slow everybody down. Yeah, you can ramp. You can get the quick mana if you have ways, you know, to have them untapped. Like, uh, what is it? Rangers, Rangers Guile or uh, what's the other one? Uh, I can't think of the name. Uh, anyways, um, basically, Confounding Conundrum is a way to say like, hey, we're going to play the game this fast instead, Right. It also hurts like uh, fetch lands, mm-hmm. where if I'm playing one, searching for another one, then suddenly I have to bounce a land. Mm. So it's like it's an effect that's great, but it almost feels like I shouldn't need to play that. You know what I mean? What well, also puts fetch is that like uh, I'll have to do this at the end step of someone's turn. Mm-hmm. That way, it doesn't cause a bounce. Right. Where you, you you basically put them at a... You're not going to be able to use that mana this turn. Which I think is a good thing. Because, I mean, yeah, every color has that ability to have those fetch lands. But the people that are going to utilize that the most is probably the ones that have a Ramunep Excavator in their deck. Right. And, then, and they're playing your four-color Omnath. And, yep. Yeah. So, I think to kind of sum all of this up... Our perspectives are that we think green is it's great. It's fun. It's good for the game, right? It feels great to play green. But to an extent, I think 
we all feel that green needs a, maybe a little less of what it already has because mm. it just feels like it's getting more of what it's already doing where everything else feels like it's almost falling short or behind even. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of, it's always been my perspective. Anytime I see a green deck, I'm like, all right, let's see what kind of green deck we're playing with. Yeah. And if it's if it's very creature-based and depending on what level you're playing at, green, green can just, before a blink of an eye where you're just trying to set up your board state, they're already, they're on step three while you're on step two. Mm-hmm. And then they're at step six while you're at step three. And then it just, it kind of exponentially grows so quickly because green is so effective at ramp. But now they have so many answers to give them gas while they're ramping. So it's not really punishing. So it's just, it's just always been on my mind. And we've discussed this for months and months. And I think we just wanted to discuss and just kind of create that conversation of like, hey, how are we going to just address this? this color that just kind of has this ability to do something that no other color can do. It's more consistent than almost every other color in almost every way. And it's kind of bleeding into other colors. Yeah. And it feels like we, it feels like we can't just like devil's advocate the argument of like, maybe there's just a commander color. I don't agree with that. I think there needs Mm -hmm. to be a good expression for each color in commander, right? Like, each color needs to be like, hey, I'm doing this. If you want to do this in Commander, play me. But at, as of now, it's like, what can't green do? Yeah, and that's that's my biggest concern. Or like, I'm interested to see how it plays out over the next couple of releases to see how they balance that and try to get it back to each color has its own objective and plays within that color versus each color can do everything. Well, if y'all have any last-minute thoughts, I think we can wrap this one up. I think I've said all I need to say. Yeah, I got it off the <laughs> chest. Feels good. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. Rant over. Awesome. <laughs> well, if you'd like to get in touch with us, the best way to do so is to email us at bnbpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.